realistically budget the brunch, budget the Chick-fil-A random Friday night when you don't want to cook, budget those things and plan for them. That way, when you do it, you don't feel like you're betraying your budget. You're like, no, I set aside $50 to be able to go out to eat or whatever the case for this week. We don't just want to make money to cover our expenses. Like we want to be able to live. We want to be able to do the things that also bring us joy. Hey guys, welcome to the Colors of Her Success podcast. This is a podcast built to give you the tips, tools, and resources you need to successfully navigate your seat at the table. I'm your host, Mia Williams, and the founder of the Colors of Her Success. Let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. Why am I nervous? Why Why are you nervous? This is your thing, girl. (laughs) I'm nervous. I know. Okay. (laughs) So money can be super hard to manage, you guys, which is why personal finance is such an important topic that I love to bring on to this podcast and to the Colors of Her Success platform in general. If you are someone who feels like your personal finances could use some tweaking, I totally get that. Um, Maybe you have high credit card debt. Maybe you feel like you don't make enough money to have healthy finance habits. Or maybe you just don't have discipline when it comes to money. And I'm someone who's been working since I was 15 years old. And I can confidently tell you that I've been in every one of those situations. And now consider myself someone who takes pride in their personal finances. I think I'm somebody who has become pretty good with money. And that's with the help of my financial planner. But I want you, no matter where you stand in your personal finance journey, to be able to master your personal finances in 2023 so that when it comes to thinking about your money, you feel proud, you feel comfortable, and you feel secure. So in this episode, I'm bringing my best friend, Raquel Tennant, who is also a certified financial planner, to talk about ways we can step up our personal finances in 2023. This episode will be a little bit different because we're both going to be sharing personal finance tips that we think can be helpful and you'll get the professional perspective from her but you'll get my personal perspective as someone who has good financial habits so why don't we start by telling people what a certified financial planner is and why it's important to have that help on your financial journey Yeah, so um, a certified financial planner or CFP um, is a professional who has comprehensive knowledge um, of all things finance. So unlike some of the other financial designations like your Series 65 or your Series 7, your Series 63, um, a lot of those are either investment or insurance focused, whereas a CFP has comprehensive knowledge in taxes, retirement planning, Um, debt, cash flow management, education planning, etc. We like to think of a CFP as your general practitioner, if you will, where we know every single thing when it comes to finances. And if we need to bring in a specialist, then we will. And so I can have the conversation with the CPA. I can have the conversations with the estate planner. I can have the conversations with the insurance broker. Um, But CFPs do not personally write the policies or write the documents or file the return on your behalf. Um, One, it's a conflict of interest. But then two, um, it's a fiduciary duty on our part to always act in the best interest 
of our clients. So fiduciary means that you have a legal duty to always act in the best interest of the client, even if it's going to neg negatively impact you. And so um, when people are looking for financial planners or looking for financial professionals in general, I always recommend going fiduciary. And also, if you can, go fee-only because fee-only is going to get you the most accurate and like non-conflict of interest professionals. We do not get paid by selling you stuff or from commission. And that can be very, um, just gray area for a lot of people. So I see people getting financial advisors and then they're surprised when their financial advisor is trying to sell them things. Yes. So financial advisor is a big like catch all term. So there's financial advisors, but they're really insurance agents. There's financial advisors, um, but they're really just investment managers. And so you have to be really careful and know the right questions to ask because financial advisor is such a loose term nowadays that it's very easy to get swindled into thinking that you're going to get a fee-only fiduciary advice when it's really sales motivated behind it. So you really have to be careful with that. And that's good context for whoever's listening if you are thinking about getting financial help. I recommend starting with a certified financial planner and just cutting through the noise of everybody else just because they have such a standard of ethical practice that they have to work with. Yeah. So. And in addition to that, um, CFP is the gold standard because of the rigor it takes to become a CFP. So as with anything the more experience and the harder it is to obtain something, the better quality of the professional you're going to get. So CFP is definitely the gold standard. And I recommend all people just go that route because like you said, it cuts out a lot of the noise. It's, it's so nice to have a best friend who is a CFP because I can always come to her with questions. I'm very secure knowing that I have her in my back pocket. But also what I love about you is that you're a 20 something girl. You love to brunch. You love to take trips. You love to be cute. You love to do all of the things, but we have to do all of those things in ways that make sense for our finances. And that is one thing that I love about our friendship is that we try to hold each other accountable when it comes to finances. And I want to start with uh, your first tip on how in 2023, we can step up our personal finances. My first tip is really the crux of any financial plan, and that's having a basic budget. So when people come to me with questions or when clients engage in our services, they always have these really big, grand questions like, can I retire? Can I buy a house? Can I do this? And it's like, I know nothing until I know your budget. If I don't know what money you have coming in and what money you have going out, I can't tell you anything. And so... Budgeting looks different for everyone. I know a lot of people think of budgeting as this really restrictive thing, but it's not. It's just a roadmap. It's just a roadmap. Like every month I can expect this amount of money to hit my account. Every month these are my non-negotiable fixed bills because you got to live. And then every month these are my variable bills. And something that I always tell my clients and even my friends when they ask for advice is, 
if it's something that you regularly like to do and it's a part of your lifestyle, just go ahead and budget it like it's a bill, even though it's not, because it's better to account for it. So, for example, if you know you have to get your nails done once a month just to feel like a human Budget that money into your um, expenses because if you try to kid yourself like you're not going to spend money, you're going to hold on to every possible dollar, you're going to fail and you're going to feel like, oh, budgeting is just not for me. And it's like, no, you have to be realistic. So realistically, budget the brunch, budget the Chick-fil-A random Friday night when you don't want to cook, budget those things and plan for them. That way, when you do it, you don't feel like you're falling off or like you're betraying your budget. You're like, no, I set aside $50 to be able to go out to eat or whatever the case for this week. We don't just want to make money to cover our expenses. Like we want to be able to live. We want to be able to save for goals and, you know, do the things that also bring us joy. So I think it's really important for everyone just to have a high level view, whether it's an app, a spreadsheet, just really high level, know how much you have to work with at the end of the month, because that's where you get to the next level. Whatever you have after all your expenses, fun expenses and real expenses, that bottom line, that tells me as your financial planner, what you can invest, what you can save. Discretionary meaning extra money. Extra money. The leftovers. The leftovers, because... Think of them as the leftovers. Technically, you know, variable expenses are considered discretionary. Like how much you eat out, getting your nails done, getting your hair done. Those are discretionary. But like I said, I like to tell my clients to budget that into the variable because it's just a part of your lifestyle. If there is ever an emergency where you lost your job or someone cut your hours or whatever, we would always pull from the variable expenses first. But while you're in a secure position at work and everything's going fine, just go ahead and budget those in like a bill. For me, I budget my wine because I get wine twice. I, I, I drink a lot of wine. So it's like it makes sense for me to be realistic and just put that into my budget. My tip is similar. We said that we would likely have overlap, but my tip is a little bit different in that I said find a budgeting platform that works for you and make it a habit to update and check in frequently. So you can have a budget, but if you look at your budget once and then the rest of the month you never look at it again, you're hurting yourself because you're not really tracking what you're spending and how you're spending. So I say finding a platform that works for you because everybody will have a different platform that they prefer. Find one that you can get with and that you like. I started out with an Excel spreadsheet for my budget and then I got You Need a Budget thanks to Rocky. And I love You Need a Budget because it allows you to see where your money is going. Like, let's say... Let's say there is an event where I do have to pull money from somewhere. I can look at where I have money budgeted and say, okay, I need more money for eating out. So I'm going to take it from my nail budget. And it's a very specific line item overview of your money. And it's so, I check it like every three days, y'all. I'm in YNAB all the time. Same, same. And to your point, um, Two other things that I love about YNAB, well, the moving money from one line item to the other, it is a literal representation of when you say yes to something, you may have to say no to something else. Because if you say yes to everything and this out of your budget, 
that's how you start living above your means. That's how you start accumulating debt. That's how you're living paycheck to paycheck and not able to save anything. So I think it's really important with YNAB that it visually lets you know, hey, you can do this thing, but just know something else is going to have to get declined this month because you overspent in this area. And sometimes that's, that's fine. You know, on a month where I'm going on vacation with my friends, my grocery budget is smaller because I need spending money for the trip. And so it's perfectly fine to move money around in your budget to fit you. You know, the holidays are coming up. Maybe you don't go out to eat as much because people are cooking and there's family events. But you put that extra money that you would have been spending into gifts because, you know, you have to buy Christmas gifts. So it's just a matter of knowing how to allocate your dollars based on your needs. And the second thing I like about YNAB is the proactiveness. I find that a lot of budgeting platforms are reactive and like, you know, like, oh, like you spent this money. It's in this category. I'm going to total up the total for you. And it's like, oh, okay, well, the damage is done by that point. Whereas with YNAB, you are planning your dollars. So then when you're in the grocery store or you're at the mall, you can pull out your app and be like, hmm, I got $150 in my line item specifically for shopping. Because what I always tell my clients, your bank account balance is a scam. It is a, it is a trap to make you think that you're rich. No. <laughs> so your bank account balance could say $5,000. But if your rent is two, your car note is 300, your insurance is all these things add up, you really don't have that money. So that's why YNAB is really important because you can physically delegate funds to the line items of shopping, eating out, gas, all these things, and know comfortably and securely like this is how much money, like this is my true budget. Because if you look at your bank account app, you're going to be like, shots on me, I got this. But when you look at your app, your app will be like, actually, let's get one cocktail and one appetizer. That's what's in our budget today. So it's just really proactive. And I think it's really important for people to plan to spend rather than spend and then look back at the damage and be like, oh, oops, I overspent this month. It's so funny you say that about your bank account balance, because that's what I used to do. I used to be in the mall and look at my account like, oh, I'm good and then as the month went on I was like wow I'm pretty broke and I don't know why like why don't I have why is my bank account in the negative and it's because I thought I was balling when I was looking at my total account without thinking about what my expenses are and I think it's just it's so important to know where you're spending your money and that is why my second tip is to look at your expenses and I challenge you guys to see where you can cut back on one of them. Like where, if you list out all of your expenses, what is something that you can live without or something that you can give up on or tailor back so that you can spend that money elsewhere? So for me, when I saved to move to Charlotte, I had to cut back on all of most of my variable expenses. So that was nails, that was hair, that was lashes. I had to cut back on most of my expenses because... I was saving to use that money elsewhere. Um, even now that I'm in Charlotte, I'm looking at my expenses for the new year and I'm like, I think my gym might be a little bit too expensive and I might need to find another one that's not as expensive. So really taking that analytical look at where you're spending your money and cutting back where you can is going to save you a lot of money, but also make you feel better because you just saved a little bit. 
Yes, and I think it's so important that you take that time to reflect and find those areas because a lot of times we're like, well, I'm just going to do everything and like wherever the dice fall, the dice fall. You have complete control of your finances. You feel very in control. And a lot of people don't understand how empowering that is. Like, you know how your money moves for you. And if you need to cut back or if you need to add anything, you're an informed person. You know, you're making informed decisions. You're not just guessing and winging it. Winging it is one of the most scariest things to do when it comes to finances because nine times out of ten, you're going to wing it and it's going to wing the wrong way. You have to really be proactive and you have to be intentional. Um, And something else about cutting back expenses, it can feel really restrictive um, because you're like, oh, like I have to cut back on this thing. But it's a mindset shift of like, This is temporary, you know, delayed, not denied. Um, Maybe I have to cut back right now, but then maybe I'll get a promotion or maybe I'll get a new job and I'll get more money. And then you can always add things back to your budget and rearrange. But you always want to just work with what you have now because that's how you avoid the cycle of I have to wait for Friday to do this thing. You never want to feel like that. You never want to feel like I literally cannot do the thing that I want to do on Tuesday because my direct deposit hasn't hit. You're living too close to the edge. Living below your means and trying to cut out things that aren't really necessities, but you like them, but it's like, okay, maybe this is only a three-month thing. Maybe I don't get my nails done for three months and then I bring it back. So just finding what works for you Um, because if we leave it up to our impulses, we'll spend everything. And one of the things that I've learned is that life happens and it happens fast. Like you're always going to have something come up that you're going to have to pay for or have to take care of my tooth. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, y'all. I had like. I'm not even going to get into a girl, but it was a moment. It was a moment. And it happened to be the same week you got towed. So I got told that we, yeah, like life happens and it happens so fast. And next thing you know, you have bills piling up that you didn't even plan for. Yes. And, you know, going back to how we budget, having that cushion, like in our YNAB, we have cushion. It's like, look, I don't know what this money is going to be used for, but I'm going to just put it right here because something's about to come up and I don't want to feel frantic and panic like, oh my God. Where am I going to get this $150 tow fee from? It's like, oh, I'm going to pull it from cushion because you want to always overestimate. And even if you're like, oh, I don't need cushion, like my bills, just do it. Just just do it because something is going to come up, you know, a hospital bill, whatever the case. I love my cushion part, like the cushion part of my budget because it saves my life sometimes. It really does. I forgot to budget for items. That's the best. Yes. Uh, we have a, so we also have a stuff I forgot to budget for item where you just a lot money for things you just forget to budget for. Like you have to run into CVS to grab some sunscreen or something like just pull it from stuff I forgot to budget for. Cause there are things that you just don't remember to budget for that you have to take care of. All right. Second tip, Rocky. My second tip is to invest early. Um, And I say that not to say like, oh, take all your fun money and throw it. Because, you know, like the Forex and the Twitter people love to be like, oh, 
you guys are spending $200 on this, you could be investing that. So I'm not coming from that standpoint, but I am coming from a standpoint of the smallest amount of investing at this age does numbers because we have something that money can't buy, which is time. The richest person in life cannot buy time. And so being young, that compounding interest just works in our favor. So maybe right now where you are, you can't afford to put hundreds and thousands of dollars into a brokerage account and just invest. Or you can't put that into a Roth. But you can do 50, you can do 100, and it's going to equate to something bigger than what you can see right now because of the time. Because as a 20-year-old, I only need to invest 50 to 100. As a 35-year-old, I got to step my game up because I lost 15 years. And so I really want people to understand, like, when it comes to your 401k, I'm not telling you to go crazy and max it out. I think the max for this year was 20000 I'm not telling to do that. But just do enough to get the match because the match is free money. Like, you work every day. You do what you do at work. Let them pay you. Let them give you some free money in that 401k. Um, you know, if, you have a, if you're eligible to contribute to a Roth or you, if you have a brokerage account, $50 to $100 a month. Just put it in there and, you know, buy some diversified ETFs or put it in a target date fund. But something small because every dollar counts. And because you're starting early, just know you may think this isn't going to do anything. This is stupid. But trust me, because you're starting so early... Time is on your side. Compounding interest is going to do the work for you. Just get started. Yeah, I agree. That was the first thing when I started making my salary and got my big girl job. That was the first thing I wanted was to open up a brokerage account and just start putting money in it. Because that's what all of the older people told me. They were like, my biggest regret is that I didn't start investing back when I was your age. So I'm like, okay, well, let me get on that. And as a financial planner who, you know, literally creates financial plans for people, um, there is a big difference in the people that come to me, you know, early 30s compared to mid 50s. You know, it's very different depending on where they are. And my early 20s or, or, or my, um, sorry, my early 30s, I can tell them like, hey, if you keep earning this and keep saving this, maybe you can retire at 50, 55 instead of 60. But if you come to me at 50, it's a very different conversation because you've lost a lot of time. Like, I think sometimes we get ahead of ourselves, especially with, you know, the noise of social media and everything. But we get ahead of ourselves like, oh, I just don't have enough to do these, like, intricate financial and savvy things. Like, no, small. You know, when I was little, my grandpa would put, like, $25 or something a month into an account. That's nothing. That's really like Chipotle two times. That's really no amount of money. But because he did it until I was 18, voila, now I got some racks. You know what I mean? It it came in handy. Um, And that was just cash. He didn't even invest it for me. He just put it into a little savings account. He did that for all the grandkids. So it's stuff like that where it can be small, but if you do it for longer periods of time, it'll add up way quicker than you think. Yeah, that's a really good one. All right. My third one 
is as we're going into the new year, I want there to be a mindset shift when it comes to your finances and how you're spending. And this is a mindset shift that I had to take when I was saving to move. And that was to stop looking at life from a I need standpoint and start looking at it from a I have enough standpoint. And it sort of goes into social media, especially TikTok. If you guys are on TikTok, you know how much stuff is just constantly thrown at us. And it's good stuff. Like the amount of outfits, gadgets, like home decor, everything. I'm like, I need, I need, I need. And at a certain point when it really came down to it and I had to buckle down to save, I had to say, I have enough. I have enough to sustain the lifestyle that I have right now. I have my basic needs met and that's all I need right now. So I didn't need to do my normal spring shopping spree that I do. I didn't need to get my lashes done. I didn't need to do the things that I thought I needed to do because I had everything that I really needed to survive. And so when you're operating from an I need standpoint, you'd be surprised at how much you're spending and spending off of impulse too. not even really thinking about what you're spending or how you're spending. But it's just like, I need that. Um, even now, like when the fall season came around, I did do some shopping just to get some stuff that I needed, like new coats, like actually needed. I needed new coats. I needed certain items. But then I started seeing cute fall looks and I'm like, hmm, I need that. And I had to catch myself and be like, no, I don't need that. I don't need 12 different work from home sets. Like, I don't need that. So really trying to catch myself in that. That is the biggest piece of advice I can give to people as we're heading into this new year. Agreed. I really love that point because I have to do it to myself. So you know me, I have a shopping problem Um, and I know I've been trying to do better. But something that I've realized is like once you get it and you wear it a couple times, you're like, did I really need this? And so when it comes to shopping in particular, I've been asking myself like, What's the wear per cost? Am I going to wear this enough where it's going to be worth what I'm about to spend on it, you know? Or am I going to wear it, take a picture, be over it, and then move on with my life, you know? Odds are you probably do have enough. And unless it's something where, and this is something that I do with myself, if I find myself saying, oh, I wish I had this, I'll write it down on my phone. And then I'll try to keep track of, like, how many times I've said it. So, in particular, I needed, like, a coat, you know, of, of a certain color. And I kept wearing stuff. And I'm like, oh, I wish I had that color coat. Oh, I wish I had that color coat. So then it was like, okay, I know if I get this coat, there's been at least five to six different times over the past two months where I'm like, oh, I wish I had that color coat. That may be a need for you. But if it's something where, oh, this is cute, let me just get it. You have to check your impulses. Um, so I really love that tip because I think it's, it's just real and it's relatable. My last tip, and it's something that we kind of touched on earlier, but my last tip is understand where you and your finances are before taking social media advice. First, let me just start by saying I love the fact that there's so much knowledge out there. I love the fact that If you want to know something, there's YouTube, there's TikTok, there's Google, there's Instagram Reels, there's all these, like, knowledge is in abundance. And I do love that for us and our people specifically, because that hasn't always been the case. And, not but, because I don't want to negate what I just said, but and, you have to filter and you have to know 
your situation because when people are making reels and when people are making these videos they're making generalizations sometimes incorrect ones there's usually more to the story than what that person on that reel is saying because they want to say things that are catchy that are inviting that make people you know get drawn in and say who what's this they're content creators that's what they're supposed to do no shade to them and so i have clients that will send me stuff or be like, hey, should I get this universal life policy? It's investing in life insurance. And I'm like, okay, let's take a step back. Where are you in your finances? Do you need life insurance right now? Who, like, I think a lot of people are in that mindset of like, well, life insurance is an investment vehicle. And it's like, mm, is it? You know, is it? And, and I have a whole, I can go on a tangent about this and I'm not going to. But it's like life insurance is for your survivors. It's not for you. It's just little things like that where I'm like, until you can get a financial advisor, because not everyone can afford one right now, just understand where you are and ask yourself, like, do the research. Don't just take somebody's video at face value and run with it. Like, do the research, see if it works for you. You know, another thing that I've seen is just like, you know, about crypto and investing and it's better than the stock market. It's like, hey, like, there's just a lot of difference in opinions, a lot of difference in investment philosophies. I'm not saying crypto is bad because I, I definitely think crypto is a good part of someone's portfolio, but it should not be your total portfolio. It's just too volatile. That's just my professional opinion. So just know when you're on social media and you're getting these gems, let that be a seed planter for you. Something that, hmm, this sounds interesting. Let me go do some research on that. Let it plant a seed and see, you know, what you can find out about it as opposed to it being the end-all, be-all, boom, I'm going to go do that. These people may be really, really, really well-versed in this one particular area. Insurance, for example. They know nothing about how that affects your taxes, nothing about how that affects your retirement, nothing about how that affects your goals and your cash flow. They have no lens to that. And that's why being um, engaged with the CFP is so beneficial because it's comprehensive. A lot of professionals, they know what they know, and that's kind of where the buck stops. You know, tax professionals, they know how it's going to affect your taxes. They may know a little bit about retirement, but they don't know nothing about life insurance. They don't know nothing about you know, just other areas of financial planning, they can't tell you that. And so having someone that has like a bird's eye view and can say, hey, this is going to domino affect these other three areas of your life, of your financial life, let's think about this a little bit differently. Just know like in the age of so much information, also know what information really does apply to your situation versus not. That's why, I, I mean, also social media is propaganda, y'all. Like, I've mentioned this before on my Airbnb podcast, but I felt like I got interested in Airbnb from what I saw on social media of this is how much I'm taking home each week. This is how much each day is giving me, but not knowing what they're putting away for taxes or what their expenses are for the Airbnb. Just things that, you know, they don't tell you, but they make it look so glitz and glammy that you want to be a part of it. And you have to have sort of a filter of, mm, is this the best thing for me or is this not? You know, it's just really important to filter that noise because there's so much noise. There's so much noise. Like, 
you're also not getting all of the information in a 15, 30 second TikTok. You're just not. And like she said, they are content creators. Their goal is to draw you in any way that they can. So I have one final tip. I actually have a fourth um, that I thought would be helpful and that I've spoken to uh, earlier. But I would like for you guys to have saving sprints. So what I mean is once or twice a year, you have a month where you change your lifestyle up a little bit and inconvenience yourself a little bit in order to save. And moving and saving to move taught me a lot, but that was when I had to go on an intense saving sprint and not get my nails done, not get my lashes done. I had to stick with protective, cheap hairstyles, not buy new clothes or makeup, stripping back solely to what I need only and see how much you can save just for doing that. And I think you should do it maybe twice a year, just so you have two months where you are really putting your head down and just saving your money. Mm, that is a great tip. And it's so like rewarding as a friend who is a financial advisor to see your money habits, Mia, because you are very disciplined. You know, you are very like, when you say you're not doing something because you have a goal in mind, I firsthand, I'm like, hey, you want to go? Can't go. I'm like, <laughs> Like, you know, I'm thinking, oh, it's me. And, and you know what's funny? Y'all would think as the financial friend, she would be the one like, Mia, no, don't. She is the one sending me the clothes. She is the one sending me the sales, sending me the like. She's like, but it's a steal. But you could get it for. And I'm like, Rocky. <laughs> These are facts. These are facts. And so, of course, like, even as a financial advisor, I, one, I'm human, and two, I'm 25. So there are those checks and balances for me of like, I want to be financially astute and I also want to live because life is for living. You know, like I don't want to have the mindset of I'm going to work and save until I die because when do you enjoy? So I think everything in life is about balance and things are for seasons. Like Mia was in a season, you know, she had a goal, she had a timeline for that season, that's the way she was operating. You know, since she's been in Charlotte, I'm sure she's been doing just more fun stuff because she's there, the goal is met. And so I think it's super important to realize even if you have to cut back, maybe it's temporary, maybe it's just for a season and that can probably help you get through it. Um, I had a season like that before moving into my first apartment by myself of like, look, I'm just saving because I know I'm gonna need furniture, I know I'm gonna need bar stools, all these things. And it was for a season. And so definitely the sprints, like, especially if you do one in the winter, because think about it, it's cold, you don't need to go nowhere. After the holiday season, you're probably tapped out anyway financially from Christmas gifts. So um, I definitely think that will, that's a great tip right there. And it's, it's a challenge, like look at it like something like, ooh, let's see how much I can really do, as opposed to looking at it from a, uh, I have to do this thing because I'm broke. Like, you know, perspective is everything and balance is everything. We're young. We get it. We know, like, we want to do all the things. And you can do some of the things. You may not be able to do all the things, but you can do some of the things as long as the other stuff is still being accounted for. So even when I'm, you know, being a little reckless in my shopping, my savings are automated, you know, my investments are automated. So even when I'm being bad, I'm still being good a little bit. You're still being good, yeah. <laughs> so balance. Yeah. 
Well, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of us. Proud of you. And I hope that our listeners can take something away from this and go into 2023 with a different mindset when it comes to finances. I don't want you guys feeling insecure about it to the point where you avoid looking and looking at and understanding your finances because it really is key. Rocky, where can everyone find you and keep up with you? Um, I am on Instagram, uh, Raquel underscore tenant. That is my financial planning page. I'm also on LinkedIn, but I'm not active, but you can definitely connect with me. I've had a few people DM me on LinkedIn and set up like 30 minute. Can I pick your brain calls? And within reason, if you have like very, you know, Hey, these are three things I want to talk about. Can I have 30 minutes of your time? Um, if I have capacity, I'm more than willing to help because, I know what it's like to not have the knowledge. I also know what it's like to be a first generation money maker and come from a family that's, you know, not financially astute. And so um, this is just my way of giving back. So for the people who can't afford my financial planning services with my firm, um, which is 2050 Wealth Partners, by the way, shout out to them. Shout out to 2050 Wealth Partners team. Um, Why are they special? They are, let me tell you real quick, okay? We are the unicorns of the financial planning industry. Um, 2050 Wealth Partners is a fully virtual, fee-only financial planning firm. Um, everyone there is a CFP. We're all women. And um, it's co-owned by two black women, Lizetta Braxton and Brianka Dorsonville. We are the financial planning firm for the others because traditionally financial planning is for the rich, is for the wealthy. And so we focus on first time, you know, wealth builders, entrepreneurs, um, you know, just people who are thriving professionals, people who are just making a whole bunch of money. And they're like, hey, I don't know what to do with this. And so our fee model is more inclusive. It doesn't say, like the other firms, you need to have $500,000 to work with us. You know, we're not restrictive. As long as you can afford the retainer, you can work with us because we know that financial planning should be accessible. And we know that this knowledge has been withheld from us for so long. This is just our passion, not our way of just giving back to the community and like all the knowledge that we've accumulated over the years. We just want to spread the wealth of knowledge. So shout out to them. You can look me up on their website as well, get some more background. I also write for NerdWallet, so you might see some articles from me on there. So I'm, I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere and nowhere at the same time, but I'm everywhere. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me, girl. You know I love you. And that's a wrap. Before I let you go, I need two favors. One, if you liked the episode, be sure to shoot me a text or DM to let me know what resonated because I love hearing from you guys. And two, take a few seconds to leave a review of this podcast so that it can help me get exposed to a larger audience so that other people can benefit from this content as well. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Oh, 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 o